Happy April, folks. It is the Motown Rundown, your home, your only home for all things Detroit sports. Uh, opening day. What day is it today? Today's Friday. I know. Cool cool on us that we always talk about now we're not missing any more uh, Thursday. No, no, no. no, this one's on me. This is no, no, it's not on anyone. This is we're a very specific circumstance. It's our opening day special. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Good call. Opening day special. So also, Rabs, how did you open the show by saying happy April and not happy April in the D? Cause dude, I'll tell you what, man. Hey, those, bro. Those hey, bro. Those songs are so asinine. Like, oh, I don't know where they oh find okay. Them. Oh my I don't you, know where you they don't find like fun? Bands. Collins, they they're not good. Bands. They're they're cringy. They're they're fun. Are you telling me the Good Luck Joe song is not good? It's, not it's fantastic. Good song, yeah, it's not good. It's fantastic. Get right. yeah, out of my face with that. Happy April in the D where your Detroit Pistons are currently in last place. The Red Wings are in last place. And the Tigers are projected to win 68 games this year. What an, eight, what an <laughs> April. And it, was, and it was 30 degrees and snowing sideways in Detroit on the first day of April. Hey, you know what? That whole time I was just thinking to myself, you know, all these players, I'm like, just get through today because the forecast, I don't know if you've looked, it's going to be mid-60s for the next 10 days. So they'll be all right. They just had to get through that one. And they did, and they, they won somehow. So that's weather crazy. weather like that makes me miss when Placido Polanco would just have the world's tightest hood under his hat. Did you see hat. Jones wearing it yesterday? Yeah, well, a couple of them had it. It's cool. It doubles as a mask, too. There you go. No, but what's it called? Right like, we, I, I'm playing fantasy baseball for the first time ever this year, and my buddy's team is like – we all are Tigers fans, so it's all like Tigers related. Like my team is Shelton's Army, and I just had a picture of Chris Shelton – this like big red, just chilling. But uh, one of my buddies has uh, Miggy's in shape, and the pitcher is this Placido Palantro's face. He had <laughs> such a round head. His beautiful cheeks, like face cheeks, not like, I mean. You know who else did? Johnny Peralta. Arguably yeah. better. He did steroid. People forget that. Yeah. Well, I don't. Um, yesterday was also April Fool's Day. I, I April guys, Fool's is the worst day of the year. I we have, to, you guys we have to talk. We have to talk about beautiful. this. Rabs absolutely bought the biggest bullshit that you could possibly buy on April Fool's Day. Rabs, you want to talk? Line and sinker. Hook, line, and sinker. You want me to tell what it yeah, was? You gotta, tell, you gotta tell it. Well, I just, I saw I saw I saw an article that came from Barstool Sports about Rob Manfred changing and I'll first of all this is not on me because Rob Manfred has had a history of just doing some really really stupid shit with Major League Baseball and trying to make it like more fun to watch but I read some article from Barstool that someone wrote about how Rob Manfred was in introducing a five-run home run by placing three targets 30 feet beyond the outfield wall with a circumference of five feet and if you hit one of the targets in the air for a home run it counts as five runs. And I bought it hook, line, and sinker because it was like – it was so ridiculous, but it was just not ridiculous enough for me to be like, there's no way this is true. Because the way that the article phrased it was like they're trying it out in single-A ball and double-A ball starting in June. It's going to be in the MLB by 2022. So I texted you guys. I texted this other group chat I have. I texted a different group. I texted my dad and my uncles, and I threw a fit. And my dad was the one that was like, dude, this is an April Fool's joke. And I was like, oh, yeah. But to your point, Collins, I don't know who came up with April Fool's Day. It stinks. It it's the like worst. the most useless day of the year. Well, well uh, shout out. I, I, like, I was so annoyed when Roy – so Roy Williams, UNC coach that retires, like, cool, whatever. I don't care. Um, they're just like – 
And every like beat reporter on the bottom, it's like, this isn't an April Fool's joke. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, shut up, real. shut up, shut up. No one cares. I hate April Fool's. So the night Fuck before. April Fool's. <laughs> God, it sucks, dude. The night it. before, March 31st, I'm sitting there talking to my roommates, my brother. I'm like, guys, just so you guys know, like I do this every year. I'm like, okay, tomorrow's April Fool's Day. Don't buy anyone's BS, whatever, because it's, it's just going to make you look like an idiot. And even though you tell yourself that, it just never works. Like, there's always something that gets you. And especially now in the, in the age of social media, it's just even worse. Like, Rams, where did you see that article on? Was it Twitter? Twitter. Yeah. See, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cesspool for April Fool's. Just, it's just like something I don't need to have to play that. Like, there's enough going on in my life. I don't need to have to dig through, like, what is true? What's not true today? <laughs> I did send a couple texts to people of doing, like, the, yo, did you mean to put that on your Snap story? No, I, I got maybe one person. My one buddy was like, dude, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> okay, that's actually, that's a good one. I didn't do any. Like, I, I don't I do not do that. I don't know. You don't have to. You, you don't have to. The one, th- the thing is, too, is like, growing up, I never had any good April Fool's jokes pulled on me. Like, the, like I, every single year, my dad would call me and, or like call my mom and be like, hey, the swing set blew away. And she would be like, oh, very funny. And I was like, no way, the swing, the swing set blew away? Like that was about it. That's not funny. I hate April Fools. One one quick thing I, I should probably share with you guys. This is kind of funny. My mom teaches kindergarten, and she Go. she told her kids she was making them brownies, and then she brought in like a pan with like tin foil over it, right? And like look, and then and then they were they were the letter E cut out in brown paper, like brown E's, and and half the kids loved it, and half the kids were demoralized. So that's, that's what, would, what would your be your take if you, you covered in brownies? I don't know. I'm not a chocolate guy, so I'd probably be laughing at all the kids like looking forward to it. Yeah, chocolate. no, I feel like I would like have a good I'd be a good sport about it, but I don't know. You're five or six. If you're like it, there's know. like guys who are like, oh my god, we have brownies coming in. They're like they're like they're moving mountains to like get a brownie. And right, then they right. like don't get a brownie and they might be devastated. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I genuinely like don't know how I weak. would react to that because I think my reaction as a child might be better than my reaction as a young adult. But whatever. Neither. So if they did that to you now, you just like oh, I'd be, just, I'd be out for blood. You're throwing things in the classroom. <laughs> like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd threaten. All right, we can move on. Other than April 1st being April Fool's Day, as we said, it was opening day for your Detroit Tigers opening day special today. So if you're here to listen to us talk about the. Uh, the Pistons or the Red Wings or the Lions. We'll see you next week. Actually, I mean, you can stick around if you want. But um, opening day, what a great win for these guys. 3-2 win. Uh, game got a little bit tense there in the ninth inning, and I have a, a nice take on that that I'd like to get to later. Um, but first of all, thoughts, feelings, emotions, watching the broadcast. I started watching the broadcast, I think, at 11. From 11 to 12, they had, like, the Bally Sports opening day. Twelve Trump Bally Sports Five. Network. Um, <laughs> what, were the, what were the feelings, emotions, having, having baseball back, seeing people down at Comerica Park? Um, I mean, obviously, hope, opening day, and I'm, I'd like to, to kind of pry and see what other baseball towns, like, really do opening day like Detroit. I'm sure St. Louis pops off, but, like, Detroit is – Collins, you say it all the time, Detroit is a baseball city. And, you know, for the most part, I tend to agree with you between that and football. Like, when the Red Wings are good, it definitely – It's a football – like, the fo- it's a football, like – like, if football is good, it's king, obviously. It's a football yeah. state. But, like, people really enjoy baseball in the city of Detroit. 
For sure. I mean, I, I was just watching the broadcast was just, there's just, I don't know. I, I'm a baseball guy as it is, but I was just excited. It was a great day to watch Tigers baseball. Um, it was a great game to watch too, for the most part, because the Tigers actually snuck one out. So um, how are we feeling? First of all, we got to talk about the fact that it's not Fox Sports Detroit and Valley Sports Network now. I think that is honestly the most important topic from the last like, week that it, us Detroit sports fans need to talk about. It needs mentioning. First of all, First I, of think all it's, I think it's been great. Maybe I'm biased. Okay. It's, it's similar. Cause to it's your, you own it. you you have a part ownership <laughs> in the Valley sports network. Yeah. Every time I, I was, it's funny. Like I'm playing cards with my family last night and I'm just, it, I got the wings on in the background. Every time I hear them say Bally, I'm like, I, I like look up and I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess it's going to have to get used to that. Yeah, dude, I like – first of all, the store bug stinks. I hate the store bug. Like the thing on the bottom, there's way too much going on when I'm watching a baseball. Yeah, dude, that's – I texted you guys. I there's I don't care what the scores are of like – So yeah, we're at Comerica baby. Park. No shit we're at Comerica Park well, on the yeah, right side of the screen. There's a lot of information that I, that I don't need. Like all I care to see on a baseball scoreboard, I want the score. I want the pitch count. I want the pitch speed. That's well, about like, it. Hey, hey, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I agree. It was a little weird. Like the count also didn't come up until like after that pitch was thrown and then something else would show up for a sec and then it would go back to the count. So like, you didn't know what the count was at all times. It's well, a little weird. They'll figure it out, though. That was their first baseball broadcast. I don't need to sit there and watch the and, and, and watch the scoreboard at the bottom, and I'm like, oh wow, the Celtics play the Jazz tonight at 10 p.m. Like, yeah, like, no thanks. Yeah, like this weird. isn't like this isn't a. We're not watching Sports Center middle of the day. We got Kevin Nagandi and Sage Steele. I'm trying to watch a baseball <laughs> game right now. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just and, glad that everything else remained the same. I'm glad that the anchors are still the anchors and every, they didn't. You're glad out. that Chef's still the guy? I do like Chef. I think we have to talk about this. I do like Chef. Okay. I'm in on First Chef. First of all, Gibby, Gibby and Morris in the booth together, it's like, it's so bad. It's almost good. I love it. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, it kind of weirdly works. But uh, the other thing about Bally Sports Network, the like songs that are going to be different now when I watch like Tigers, oh, Red yeah. Wings and Pistons games now is like, I'm not going to be able to get over that for about a year. Yeah, like when you watch a Tigers game, you're used to You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And I'm not going to get that, like coming out of commercial break every time. It's like the Pistons, the Pistons song might be the best like song on the planet. I think it is, but you know what? You know what? Actually that song for decades, like is it Pistons? What is that? I don't, I, Okay, I'm unlike you, I am not going to hum on the air. But can gonna... you hum it? Like, come on, why not? Hum it for I'll the send people. You a, a voice recording after the Not show. a hummer. Not a hummer. Uh, let, I, me tell I... you, let me tell you what broke my heart one time. I was down in Florida, and I was watching, like, some ga- some NBA game. I think it was the Hornets. And all the Fox Sports, like, basketball local channels use the same music. Really? I thought I, I thought it was yeah. just specific yeah. to the Pistons, but it's not. So it's really just like Yeah, that's Fox all Fox Sports. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, that's not. I think but, the Bally the Bally Sports came off as very gimmicky to me. Like Fox Sports Detroit is like it's clean, professional. I I don't know what it is. I also I gotta tell you this too, and this has nothing to do with like the bias of me being a Michigan State fan. I, I Devin Gardner should not be allowed to be on TV. That, that is that you guys want to hear someone. That's 1,000% true, Rabs. I agree with you. Collins I think Michigan fans would, uh, I think, have more of a problem with him being on their screens than Michigan State fans, to be honest. Really? 
I mean, he wasn't good there. I'll tell you that my dad called me immediately when he saw it. Like I already, like when they like, they cut to Devin Gardner and he's in the stands. And I I didn't think he was that bad, to be honest. Like it is what it is, but it was just, it's like a shock to see him. Like he's like in the peacoat, you're like, Devin Gardner, what is occurring? Immediately my dad calls me. He's like, what, what are they doing? (laughs) <laughs> Having a Michigan guy on there? Are you kidding me? I'm like, relax, Dad. That's he needs to be on there for one game. I like his energy. I just don't get what like was it just because it he's was actually pretty good when they do the high school else. football stuff. But no, he yeah, just he's I think, good. I agree. I think he's he has a nice vibe about him and he's got great energy and he's like he's like a pretty good people person, but you could tell he was like forcing it so hard to play that role. It's like, dude, you're innately a like decently likable guy that you can like listen to. You don't need to try so hard. And I also think he knows nothing about baseball. Like the whole, the whole shtick they were playing about how like, this is Devin Gardner's first opening day ever. He's never seen a baseball game in his life. It's like, okay, like one, that's weird. But it it was just, it was too much. Like he's just getting in everyone's face. Like, like, dude, like just slow down. I didn't see them talk to him more than once though. So I didn't, well, I didn't really care. The whole, they were doing the whole Tigers live with him in the street or whatever. And then they oh, had yeah. him in the stand. I don't know. But First whatever. of all, what's it called? John Keating, Detroit's dad. I tweeted that yesterday. Oh, you tweeted that. That's I love John Keating like so much. Huge. He John Keating is, is the, the, the best thing about that is he shares a name with Robin Williams and Dead Poets Society. Really? His name, is, his name is John Keating in that movie. We need it like do you guys have a definitive ranking of now that it's Bally Sports Network, like Fox Sports Detroit says Bally Sports Network, like anchors, reporters, not including the play by play guys. Yeah, Seamal's number one. Out of everyone? Out of everyone. No, dude. I'm a Keats guy. I'm a Keats guy. I love John Keaton. I you know what? I Trent, I might actually give you Semo. I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Well, that's the thing. Off the cuff, like sounds great, but if you can't have the play-by-play guys, then I mean, who's better, Mickey York? Mickey York, solid. He's a beast, dude. I love. I mean, he's he's yeah, great. He's not better than Simo. Simo's electric. I'm a Durant Lawn guy. I don't. I don't mind Durant Lawn. Not a Fiston stand. <laughs> what about Dan? Dan who? Dan Petri. Oh, he's not great. Okay. All right. Can I ever tell Simo's you? Simo's good. I like Simo. Dan Petri's fine. When they tried to do play-by-play with him, it was really weird. Did I ever tell you guys the story about when me and my family were eating dinner at Antonio's and my dad had his, like, old powder blue Tiger Stadium, like, inaugural season shirt on, and Dan Petrie was eating dinner there, and my dad just happened to, like, walk up to him and, like, completely interrupt his entire family's dinner and, like, shake his hand and, like, give him a hug. And he's like, the one thing my dad will do, too, is, like, rattle off, like, stats. If we ever run into people that, like, my dad knows as far as, like, athletes from the community he'll like go up to him like hey it's a two three you are a you were lights out it's like okay, all right so you, when you had the slider working one of the best in the biz yeah dude it's <laughs> crazy but yeah that was that um let's talk about the game shall we um yes. three two tigers win um, Cabrera, welcome back big fella two run oppo first of all tim sliding in the second was like so meggy it was, was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Legitimately couldn't see the ball. Like, like I, I totally understand it, but, like, good to see that Miggy's, one, in shape, and, two, I mean, to go opposite field. Miggy, I think, right now should probably lead the league in MVP voting between his flash in the leather at first and then for that home run. Like, he's probably leading the league in MVP voting. Hey, through one game, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll concur with that. Dude, I, I – 
I have to imagine that ball was hit so hard to get out. Like that's a like twenty-five degree wet. No, I mean oh, what, the ball doesn't fly when it's thirty degrees. That's a great ninety-seven-one drop. But yeah, twenty-five degrees. It's snowing sideways. It's windy as hell, and you just lay the bat. And like, it's not like see the thing with Miggy is Miggy can get away with like laying the bat out and just popping one into right field with pretty solidly. But he actually like made good contact with that. Ball. No, yeah, the last couple of years with his home runs, it's like. Usually, like, he, he's sitting on a fastball and he gets in front of a breaking ball and then kind of just, like, guides it out to left field. Like, he, he hasn't had the opposite field power that he's had in recent years because he really can't get up to that fastball. I think people try to, like, elevate that fastball and make him go up and get that. But I, I want to tell you, he looked great in the field. Yeah, he did. I, he did. But it's one of those things, though, you got to hold your breath because, you know, he's gotten hurt. Like, what, what was it? Two years ago, he got like, hurt 13 games in or something like that. Yeah, but they, I mean, that's in a DH spot. I like, honestly, I don't see the harm in playing him at first base. I really don't. For a lot, like, I'm fine if you want. They were talking about how Stope is going to play first base. Candelario will get some reps at first base. But, like, I'm fine playing, like, if Miggy, like, is healthy. And I think we all know he wants to play first base. He's playing like 80 games. Yeah, well, he, he said that post game. I don't know if you guys listened to any of that, like, afterwards. But he basically said, like, yeah, I love playing first. I want to play first. So, I think, you know, Hinch coming in and being the new manager and trying, you know, to appease everyone and, like, earn his respect, I think he's going to listen to that. I mean, obviously, it's the, it's the greatest right-hand hitter ever. So, you got you to gotta listen to him somewhat. If he wants to play first, you got to let him play first once every three games or once a series or whatever. He, he's not like bad. He's doing oh, no, defensively. He's That's like the like, one thing I don't understand. Like if he wants to do it, let him do it. I, I understand they have so much money left on his contract, but I don't like it's not the end of the world to let the guy play first base. But um, agree. Another thing on the game I wanted to mention was I like their lineup. I just like do. And, and, well, and the pit, the pitching was really good. We all have edge on our face about how Matt Boyd performed, but like, from my standpoint, you guys can talk about the pitching. I, I just want – I like the lineup. I really do. Like, even though the bats, like, really didn't get going other than the first couple innings, like, I – Grossman looks comfortable at the plate. Like, you can tell you that. Lost, like, dude, in the leadoff spot? Hell yeah. I I literally touched my buddies. I'm like, I can – my dad's fist pumping in his chair right now watching this guy walk. He's like, that's what you need out of a leadoff hitter. Something like that. But – uh. And then I liked Stope at the five more than I liked him at the – you know what I mean? I like putting Miggy back in the cleanup spot. I think he's comfortable there. And, and Willie Castro, I, I mean, Candelario gets a nice little hit first at bat, but I like Willie Castro in the three-hole a lot. He's comfortable. Like, yeah. you could t- like he, he didn't, like, get any hits yesterday or whatever, but, like, I think he actually – he did end up getting a hit. Um, I think he had a single. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, yeah, I was up the middle. But, like, even on his strikeout, he just has good at-bats. So I, I, I like the lineup. And then when you get to that 8-9 spot with Reyes and uh, Jacoby Jones, like, it really turns the lineup around. I don't know. I, I thought, just like the I lineup. I thought Reyes – no, Collins, you're right. I thought Reyes, like, in his defense, had a pretty nice day, like, despite going over four. He had a really hard-hit ball, and it was out, out to the – Reyes works for his at-bats, man. Yeah, no, he and he he's just, you know, given the way he played last year, too, you just have reason to believe he's going to come around. Also, wasn't he late to spring training – I didn't know that, but yeah, he yeah, had the, they he said had a, the broadcast. He had an issue with his visa or something. Yeah, I didn't know that. That makes more sense yeah. why he was like on the verge of not making the team. I guess, right? But, 
So you got to give him a little bit of a break. I think he'll be just fine. He's just got to settle in a little bit. Plus, like, not to make a huge excuse for these guys, they just played down in Florida for a month, and they come in and they got to play in 28-degree weather. So Well, they also face Shane Bieber, who's just disgusting. Right, right. So it is what it is, man. To squeeze out that win, I absolutely think it was something to clap your no, hands No, but I thought there was, like, sure. good at-bats. Like, it, like I, I – I, like sometimes last year when you watch this tighter team, it's like, did Reyes get a hit? Did Candelario get a hit? Okay, the, nope, we're not getting another hit. We're like sits at bats. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, even if people like come up and like get a single, you're like, oh, wow, that's shocking. That's a C9 one. But like on a large term thing, like Rabs, you can talk about this though. Like, I just liked what like, I saw from Hench game one. If they're going to like, this is like the game plan. Like, hey, they're not the most talented team, but like we're going to be actually competent. Not going to like do yes. things that are just stupid. And, and, and I think that was clear right off the bat. Well, and for that reason, too, I think that's why they're going to go 500. And that's why I would take the over on 68 and a half. Yeah, I, I Trent, I agree with, I mean, again, it is, it is only game one, but I would have to happen to agree with pretty much all of what you guys have said. I think the first, my first reaction, Kyle, it's funny you say that. I was like, this lineup is actually good. And I, the, the number one thing to me where I was very impressed was I love, I love seeing Willie Castro in the, in the, in the three hole. I have to imagine that at some point this year, him and Jamer might flip depending on, depending on how their at bats go throughout the rest of the year. But I remember we talked a lot last year about Jacoby Jones being, but going bouncing between the leadoff spot and, and being in the nine hole. And if I remember correctly, I thought he was tremendous batting ninth. And I think for the longest time, I was, I was very hell bent on, you know, why, why do I have to watch anyone else besides Jacoby Jones lead off? Um, you know, even like Nico Goodrum would lead off some games, but I, I think that um, as time went on, even Ron Gardenhire would say he's comfortable in the nine hole and he's been playing, he'd been hitting well. So you're right, Collins, when that lineup turns around, I, Victor Reyes last year, was batting towards the front half of the lineup in, in many games, I feel like. I, I think he – He let off for a, lo- a huge portion of the year. Yeah, he was he was getting some chances because he did have a – I mean, he had a pretty solid year at the plate last year. So, I totally agree. When you say you come back with Reyes and Jones to turn the lineup over, even Wilson Ramos, who I know was 0 for 3 in the game, but um, a guy that can you can expect to probably hit 250 and above this year, hopefully – um, Jonathan Scope, I think what he, he batted just a touch over 300 for us, didn't he last year? Oh, uh, I don't think 275, so. But 275, I think. Good power numbers though. Him wearing number seven threw me off very much too. I don't so, really. Understand. Willie Castro, you said this, Raps. He looks fantastic in the number nine. Well, that's I do have a little segment I want to do of of irrelevant observations, and that was my number one. Was Willie Castro looks phenomenal in number nine? Um, but yeah, I. I I think the at-bats to me, um, you see Robbie Grossman walk three times in the leadoff spot, which is awesome. Um, that's not a guy that you're going to expect to hit 300, but if you can have disciplined at-bats and get on base, and then you follow up with Jamer, which is which is fantastic. So I love Miggy batting fourth. I think Scope is the right guy to bat behind him and protect him in the, in the five hole. Um, I got to say with Jamer too, as time has gone on, you know, I know people are – I've been very critical of his swing and, and some of his at-bats. I think the swing looks a lot more compact. He's a lot quieter at the plate. And I just think that he has this confidence now that you can see in his at-bats. Um, and, and all things considered, I mean, you faced the Cy, the Cy Young winner last year in Shane Bieber. You knew he was going to strike guys out. So I, I think they were saying that there were only a, maybe a handful of games. I think he started like 
14, 15 games or something, there was like a handful of games that he didn't have double-digit strikeouts. So um, to get the hits where you did, for Miggy to drive that one out, and then you get another – you pick up another run there. Um, 12 strikeouts for Shane Bieber. I really don't – I don't hate it with this Tigers lineup. Um, I, I just think for me, I, I was I was thrilled to see Reyes starting in right field. I'm glad that Mazzara – it seems like you come out opening day and, like, that's the guy they want to DH. And if you want to give Reyes a day off, you can throw him in the outfield. Um, Nico Goodrum is going to be a fine, fine player coming off the bench. Um, Harold Castro as well. I mean, the guy, when they announced his name, he's the only guy in the entire – on the field yesterday that was like infield outfield Harold Castro. So you can do whatever you want with him. Um, so for me, I had this really crazy confidence about this lineup when they rolled it out on TV yesterday. Um, as far as the pitching is concerned, um, I was texting people before the game. Like, you know, if, if you have a chance to bet on back-to-back home runs here to start the game for the Indians, you're going to want to throw on it. So Great outing for Matthew Boyd, five and two-thirds, three hits, four walks, which you hate to see, and two strikeouts. That number to me, the two strikeouts is, is I think, where you're going to really see Matthew Boyd probably fall off. I, I know there were a couple games last year where he was just on and he was missing bats, but the two-strikeout number to me, I, I really just feel like this is a year for Matthew Boyd where people have kind of figured out his stuff. He really doesn't throw the ball that hard. He's only touching about 90-92. Um, maybe 93 at the most. Um, but all things considered, I thought he had a pretty solid outing. I don't know what more you could have asked from him. You get Cisnero out of the bullpen. You get Daniel Norris out of the bullpen, um, who did their job perfectly. Daniel Norris got into a bit of a, of, a, of a jam there, but he gets a double play ball, which was fantastic. And then Greg Soto comes in, gives up the home run. Um, but I mean, hey, they get the job done. It wouldn't so. be it wouldn't be Tigers opening day or Detroit Tigers baseball in general if the closer didn't absolutely blow it almost. So it's like you live with it. We've lived with it our whole lives. Greg Soto's gonna be fine. Correct. Greg Soto's gonna be fine. Correct. But hey, eh. good win. He looked great other than that one pitch. I, I I think his slider looked a little bit better than it did last year. I will yeah, say that. I mean diversified his stuff a little bit. But like that's who he is, though. That's the problem with Soto is if you're able to catch up to his fastball, you could get him one because he just throws he, – he throws heat, but, yeah. like, I don't think anyone has any confidence in his breaking ball. So I would be curious to see if Cisnero and Garcia eventually take the mantle of the closer. But they were talking about in the broadcast that he wants to be the closer, which I do think is important because right. you can't just be like, I guess I'll close. Like, that's like the yeah. Joaquin Benoit-like vibe. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I want a guy who's like, yeah, I, I want to be the closer. For sure. you want about Valverde, like you need that confidence. You know what I mean? Like, and he had that. That's why he's a solid closer for the Tigers. My, my thoughts on the pitching yesterday, like Matt Boyd, I, I was wildly impressed. Maybe that's a little bit of an overreaction, but like that was better than any start he had all last season, right? I mean, I think his, his last season he went three and seven. And look, I, I'm going to make a comparison here that's maybe a little asinine. He just kind of reminds me of Rick Porcello in that like he, he gets a lot of ground balls. He gets outs and like he, he's your fourth or fifth best guy on like a good team. And I know this team isn't quite there yet. Like, Rabs, I still completely agree with you that he probably should have been traded in 2019, was it, when his stock was high and the Tigers ended up not doing that, obviously. But, when I mean, when you see what you saw yesterday, it's like you can't tell me that he can't be, like, your fourth or fifth or even sixth guy if they're going to do the six-man rotation in a year or two when this team is, like, actually a good playoff team. Because Jack Morris mentioned it on the broadcast the other day. Like, Matthew Boyd is not – 
a super young dude. Like he's young in terms of his age, obviously all these guys are, but he's been around for a while now. So you've got these young pitchers like Scooble and Mize and, and even your Burroughs and all those guys who, you know, we have yet to see a lot of, but it's like, you need some kind of leader there. And, and I know that, you know, Tehran, we're going to get a look at tomorrow is, you know, he's also that veteran leader, whatever. I just think I was impressed with Boyd. And in the meantime, I mean, I, I was surprised, Rabs, honestly, that Cisnero didn't get a little bit more run because he came in and looked fantastic. And, and I know that you were probably on your feet when you saw Norris coming in and he did fantastic too. But I just, I don't know why. And, and my dad and I said this watching, it, it, it seems a little, it's a little scary to me sometimes because it seems like an analytical move. Like these guys' faces are buried in their laminated spreadsheet and they just, you know, yeah. we're pulling Cisnero after three batters, even though he's looked fantastic. I, I don't know. Overall, though, I was impressed. I, th- I think Greg Soto, everyone needs to not overreact. Um, you know, Collins, you mentioned that, and you can you can uh, elaborate on that a little bit. But you're right. I mean, he is – it's his closing job to lose. Like, if he has one or two more outings like that, then, yeah, he's going to get yanked and it's going to be someone else, probably Cisnero. But I was overall impressed with the bullpen, and that's, that's, a, that's an encouraging sign. We'll see how it works tomorrow. Um. I guess that's it that I have as far as the game is concerned. I mean, it's, it is hard to, to look at just one game. They do play tomorrow at one ten. as Trent I hate said. that they have a break, by the way. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah it, it, it is, is kind of, it is kind of a buzzkill, but I, I think for the sake of like, Hey, you get the juices out. and like, now you're, you come, you know, come Saturday, we're flowing. Who's starting tomorrow? Tehran. Tehran is really, I believe. Julio. That's what they said on the broadcast. Yeah, I believe so. Julio Tehran. Here's um before I I know I do want to do the trifecta. Do you have a trifecta today? Uh, I don't, but I can easily think of one. Okay, but what I I I texted you guys yesterday, um, and I'm not sure if we want to still roll with this of of these things that came to mind, and I now can't find the text of all these things that I wanted to do. What did I want to do? I I got it. You wanted to do one. (laughs) You you wanted to do one unrelated, like irrelevant observation just from opening day. Yes. You wanted to do one, like, hot take, and then you wanted to do – what was the third one? It was one – Oh, here, I have – Baseball observation. I have irrelevant – I have irrelevant observations. I have game one overreactions, and then we can do hot takes too, if that works. That's perfect. Know. So, I'll – let's just – we'll just kick it around. Uh, we'll just – we'll kick it around here. I'll say irrelevant observations. Here's what I had. Number one – Michael Fulmer looks like he weighs 125 pounds. I didn't even see him on the broadcast. Well, he, he came out uh, for the start. I love watching the starting lineups on opening day. I don't know why. Yeah, I didn't watch that. I was man, I, they announced, yeah. like, the assistant visiting uh, clubhouse manager in charge of putting soap in the shower uh, when AL West teams come to town. Like, that's like <laughs> that's how many guys they get down the list of, of announcing people was unbelievable. Um, by the way, Chris Butzlaff, who's the PA announcer for the Tigers, former Plymouth Whalers announcer, who's my favorite voice all time in any stadium ever. So I'm excited to get to Comerica Park and hear him side the point. Um, so Michael Fulmer weighs 125 pounds. Uh, Willie Castro looks great. Number nine, Jose Cisnero, or no, 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 I'm sorry. Greg Soto. I appreciate the commitment to the Tigers organization with the orange dreads. They look like flaming hot Cheetos. Dude. Okay. Okay. I, I get it. I get it. It's like, you're almost asking for the slander when you, when you dye your hair orange like that but don't tell me that doesn't look good. It's going to look even better with the away Jersey when you got the orange like, accent in there. They look like Cheetos. I didn't say they look bad. They just look, it looked like he had, 
It looked like he had flaming hot Cheetos pouring out of his head. No, and he he has to know that, right? Like, when you get that done, he's probably had at least 50 people tell him that in the last week. Yeah, that's – I mean, well, I don't know about that. Most people aren't as cruel as I am. I'm trying to think of other observations that I had. Anyone else have any irrelevant observations? I had a Um, couple. I had a couple. Well, Collins, you you can go ahead. No, no, go go ahead, TB. Gibby looked and sounded – great yesterday when they first brought him on when they first brought him on i was like wow gibby's put together he's polished my 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 family always gives me crap about the way that i treat gibby i understand he's an absolute legend michigan state legend tigers legend just sports legend in general i get it but you know at a certain point it's like like you said kyle jack jack and gibby sometimes it's just like what like what do you guys do like there's well, a, the, a the Morris, like I, I would, I, Gibby is by far the guy I want in the booth when it's like they have that thing. And because Morris's brings nothing, he has no energy. He says things that I'm like, he, like, he'll have it say a couple informative things about pitching every once in a while. But other than that, he's just like a wet blanket. And Norris like entertains Shep- me. Is that a hot take? Jack Norris is very entertaining to me. Morris, no, he is not. I, that Jack is a Morris, horrible sorry. take. Well, I, I, I think he's <clears throat> I, I like am actually interested with what he has to say though. I'd understand he, like when he talks about pitching, delightful. yeah. But like also it's like Shep like sets him up. He's like, Yeah, he had some good times in the road in Chicago, and he'll be like, Yes. And I'm like, Okay, th- thanks <laughs> for your input, Jack. No, I like, well, like if, if you set that up for Gibby, so yeah, we had a few pops. And if I was out there, I would have uh, gotten a tussle if they threw that ball at me. Like, every, like, two, like, innings, Gibby's trying to, like, fight the other team, which I enjoy thoroughly as a Detroit Tigers fan. Okay. Okay. I guess that that's fair. We'll have to let the season continue to go on. And, well, we should do, like, a like a weekly power rankings for the broadcast crew. For the yes. Trevor Steve's great. Trevor's great. You're a Thompson guy? I like Trevor. I love okay. how he just puts on the skates. Like, you know he's just like, yep, I love it. <laughs> All right, let me let me give you a couple observations I had, Rabs. One of them was that Greg Soto has the best hair in the MLB, and the second one was that Nico Goodrum not starting. That just kind of felt like, okay, we're actually on our way out. Yeah, of the yeah. you know what I mean? Because that it's is like rebuild's over. We don't have Nico Goodrum who bats two forty as our best player, and he's hitting cleanup. We don't it's have. Like, that. Yep, it's like Nico's not in the five spot. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, that was. I'm sitting there yesterday. I'm watching this team, and I'm like really trying to like nail down like honestly the rotation and like what numbers these guys wear and stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well we've been through the whole lineup and Nico Goodrum isn't out there. And that's great because that means that it's not 2018 and the Detroit yeah, yeah. Tigers are closer to a world series. Any that's other it. relevant observations, Collins? I'm trying to think that uh, first of all, the orange little Caesars then in left field's fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. It's not as good as the old, uh, I think it was in 06 when they used to have the tiger stripes in the bullpen. Yeah. But that that was like big time fire. But that I like the little Caesars like hot zone home run zone, whatever thing they got going on there. Yeah. Um <laughs> one thing I like every time I like watch it, first of all, the daiquiris look great. First uh, game, you got a guy with a daiquiri first row. It's like 20 degrees. I, I there did you know there's a Honolulu blue one? Like some of my buddies were putting in their chat. I was like, yeah, there's a Honolulu blue, like Detroit Tigers daiquiri at the Good. games. There should be. It's probably just like horrible. They're like, yeah. 
It's like, what can we call this thing? It's brutal. It's, it's like, like oh, night, just across like the street. It's like a night in jail. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I not, not really. I just like, again, I think last year this team was fun. If they're going to play like that, they're going to be fun this year. I don't know how many games they're going to win, but they'll be fun. Buck Farmer looks great. I know he's like oh, okay. Give me okay. Problems. Give me a break. He'll probably he'll probably have like a an eight point six ERA this year. I get it, but yeah, Buck Farmer brings it every year with the hair. Like I don't know about that, dude. I, but like Buck Farmer is also the king of like he's a he longest tenure guy in the Detroit Tigers. People yeah. forget that. Yeah, I love how he was like giving that speech. I was like, really? Who is like? Why? Yeah. Like, Why? <laughs> no, no. Everyone's like the longest tenured. Do you guys follow like uh, Jed Tigers on uh, Twitter? I don't know if his that's his handle, but his name's Jed. Hilarious. Great follow on Twitter. But he was like, he's like, let's bring out the most like tenured tiger, and it's like Buck Farmer, and then it's like period, period. The fans is like, who is that? Because yeah. like, <laughs> like for right. them to do that, it was really funny. But like. I can't wait for Buck Farmer to float a changeup on like <laughs> on, a, on an O2 pitch, and it just throws 700 feet. Yeah, in the bottom of the eighth. When we're trying, I'm to- like, why is this guy in the game? Why? <laughs> I was surprised when they announced his name that he was going to be giving the speech. I was surprised I got crickets from you guys because we were texting all before that, and then when that happened, not, no one said anything. I was I was sure someone was going to say something. No, I like Buck. Um, let's do let's do uh, game one overreactions. Uh, All right. I guess, I guess I'll start. Game one overreaction to me. Um, Greg Soto will not finish the year as the closer for the Tigers. Agreed. Brian so you guys, Garcia, that, that, Brian that's fine. Taking his job in a month. Okay, so you got you got Garcia, Collins. Who do you got? Uh, I think it's Garcia or Cisnero. Okay. No, that's fair. I mean, obviously, if he does what he did yesterday, he's not going to have his job much longer. I just for some reason, I think it was a fluke. I don't know. Gotta see. More. I hope. I mean, he he hums it in, but like we talked about earlier, if he doesn't have a consistent, if he can't get over that slider or like can't even throw a bad foot slider, like he's gonna have a problem being the closer. Because I, I mean, guys are just a, you get a top of the order, like guys are gonna tee that fastball up. Okay, I I I don't disagree. We'll have to see. Um, my hot take, I guess, would be that I don't think Mazzara is going to keep his DH DHing job past. He did not look good yesterday. I, I just don't think. I, I think there are plenty of other guys on the team that they're going to try to get at bats for. You know, like specifically in the outfield. So I don't really see. Yeah, I don't see him keeping his DH job much longer. To be honest. Um, Collins, do you have one? I have a couple more. Um. I think what's it called? Yeah, I was gonna say Mazzara. That was the only one I had. I said there was gonna be some big line. I I could see like Mazzara getting cut two months in this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like yeah, I, I and it's one game like whatever. Um, he just had horrible at bats. Also, I think Reiner and Ramos are in a split time more than you think. Because I like Ramos at this stage of his career, like he is so bad defensively. defensively. Yeah, oh, that's that's exactly God. what I was gonna say. Like I, I think you're gonna see Griner a lot more than you really thought he. We he then he probably should be getting seen. Because I think because Ra- I don't think Ramos gives you enough offensively to justify not having a better defensive catcher there for the majority of the season. Dude, these things that I've like these reports that you read out of spring training, Jake Rogers just must like he stinks. I, th- I oh think for sure like, yeah. they can't stand him. He's apparently he's not very good defensively. And he can't hit it his way out of a paper bag. Like, so I, I think the Jake 
the the pipe dream of Jake Rogers being like the next great Tiger. Now it's an OSU kid. Now yeah, now it's Dinkler or whatever. Dinkler. Yeah. Um, another overreaction for me after game one. I think the Tigers bullpen will be a top ten to fifteen in the league at the end of the year. I mean, I'm look, dude. Fulmer, I love that. I love that take. Fulmer, Norris, Cisnero, Soto. Brian, the only two guys that I'm concerned about in this bullpen are Derek Holland because I really, I really can't remember watching Derek Holland pitch in recent memory. Um, I would say yeah, I remember him on like the 2012 ALCS Rangers team. <laughs> That's what I mean. So I, yeah. I, I don't know what he has left in the tank, but Derek Holland and Buck Farmer are my two guys that I'm like I don't, I don't really know. But the thing is, you got Funkhauser, you got Burroughs. Thanks. Oh, my dog. This dog just absolutely ripped my cord out of my laptop. <laughs> um, you got you got Funkhauser. You got Burroughs. You could bring Jimenez up if he's if if he's able to actually pitch. No, no, he's done. But I think this I think this bullpen is is going to be awesome, and it's and it's simply because you you have a guy like Michael Fulmer who you didn't have in the bullpen last year who you know what he can bring. Daniel Norris can bring it for he I mean he can go a couple innings if you need him to Daniel Norris. Yes. Uh, Brian Brian Garcia whether he's pitching the 8th inning, ninth inning whatever, I just think that they have the ability to to put someone on the mound in every game that can they can shut people down. Like they they have legitimate pitchers in this bullpen. Raps to expand on that just real quick. You're exactly right in that having a guy like Fulmer in the bullpen who's been a starter and Norris in the bullpen who's been a starter. Like, I understand they might be mediocre to lower tier starting caliber guys, but they're still there. And you absolutely have like this hodgepodge group of guys out there in terms of like there's young guys, there's vets, there's former starters, there's relievers tried and true. There's Buck Farmer, your longest tenured Tiger. So that's it. I love that take, Rabs. That's a great take. Thank you. Um, I, I would say my last thing for overreactions, and I guess if you want to call this one grandiose hot take, um, I think that this Tigers team can make the playoffs this year. That's my, so, that's so my let me, grandiose hot take. I, I don't hate it. Of course I don't hate it. I'm a Tigers fan, whatever. Um, I, I just – how many wins do you think they're going to get, though? Like, how many wins do you think it's going to take? Uh, I, that's a, that's a question that I probably don't have an answer for because I couldn't even begin to tell you what gets you in. I don't even know. Well, let me say too, I, I, and I, I talked about this last week. It is absolutely ridiculous that the Tigers were fifth in the AL central for like their, their over under win total. Like Dude, I, here's the thing, Trent, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you. I don't think the Tigers get any respect in that matter. Cause I think the Royals, the Royals on paper are worse than you. Like, easily worse than you the Royals gave up 10 runs yesterday did you see that yeah they were getting booed 15 minutes in their opening day (laughs) yeah unbelievable but they're 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 legitimately worse than you on paper and I look at the rest of the division so you have the Chicago White Sox who have who have put together a very 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 solid roster but it seems like they had a solid roster last year too and they they show you flashes where they're like not that good like, you know, they, they ride Lucas Giolito very hard, who I think is a tremendous arm talent. But, you know, it, it, there's just something about the White Sox that I just don't trust. Minnesota, their window, I think, is kind of closed. Like, they had a couple years there where they were putting together some really solid teams, and they were very hard to beat. They're, to, they're an average to a, above slightly above average team. If the Tigers can get hot and just string some wins together, I mean, like, you, like – 
you know, and like the Indians to me, man, like my God, outside of Shane Bieber, like how that, this one, that's what I'm saying. They're not going to score runs. And maybe this is going to be a foot in the mouth moment because the Tigers still have to play them two more times. But you know, the Tigers offense, we talk about how the lineup looked good. They still only scored three runs. They still left. They still went over five with runners in scoring position and left eight stranded. Like they, they didn't, play great offensively and, and Bieber pitched pretty well just they can't manufacture runs and that's what we said last week before the season even began and now you're looking at like 81 and a half wins is there over under win total I I, I don't know I, I I don't all I'm saying is the Tigers will not finish in last that's I guess that's my bottom line I think it's absolutely asinine that they were by 10 games projected to be the worst team in this division not gonna happen there was just this vibe, and this is the last thing I'll say about the Tigers today, and we can do a trifecta and get out of here. The, the Tigers had this vibe yesterday, and I texted you guys pretty early on in the day. And I was some interview that Hinch was doing with, I don't know if it was Keating or whoever it was. I've kind of gotten over the whole scandal, like bullshit thing. This team, they just appeared to be like so buttoned up and so Confident. like. There was this, yes, there was this like there's this, this confidence to this group of like now as a Tigers fan, you've seen these guys for a couple of years, right? You you've seen your Candelario, you've had Miggy here forever, you saw Willie Castro last year, you know what Scope can do, um, you've seen Jacoby Jones for you, you you know what these guys can do, and the lineup is just like yeah, like I said earlier in the show, I had this confidence about the lineup, I have this confidence about the bullpen. The key to me is going to come down to starting pitching and can you get your starters to go six innings? If you can get your starting pitchers to go six, seven innings, I know times have changed. I know pitch counts a factor. I know guys are, you know, going five and, you know, you're bringing in these long relievers and whatnot. I get it. But if you can get Matthew Boyd to give you six, five, six innings every start, if you can get Julio Tehran can to, to kind of resurrect his career when he had some, some, some very strong years in Atlanta, um, you know, that, that version of himself is probably long gone. But if you can get him to put together some solid outings and if Scooble and Mize can take that next step, I mean, this can be a fun team to watch. I just think that they, they, they feel more composed. I feel like that uh, watching the games now, it's like, are they going to run? Are they going to bunt? Like what? I, there's so many things where I'm like, I just had this confidence in AJ Hinch of being so good at his job that it's like these guys can legitimately make things happen. So that's, that's the last thing I have to say on the Tigers. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add, but if that's it, Trent, you can do the trifecta. One. We love our baseball team. Go get them. Go get them. Tigers. Okay. That's all. I got. Thank you, Ryan Collins. Or the jingle, the ceremonial jingle. I'm sort of um, become like a singing guy in this podcast. Yeah, you, you you sing a lot on the on the air. I'm not quite I'm sure talented. how that's good. Yeah, it's it's not the worst. Yeah, it's not the worst. It could ever. be worse. Um, all right, trifecta. I guess this is something I was thinking of yesterday mid game. Does every diehard Tigers fan like have to have a fitted Tigers hat? You do you have to have one? Yes, you do. I, it's the most classic thing ever, right? Like you need to have a fitted Detroit Tigers hat. I have a I have a home I have a home and away hat for whatever reason I don't know so you know remember when New Era switched their hats to now they have their logo on the side of the hat right that hat it's like a 
it's a bit thinner than the old hats. Like the like the the, the traditional hats have that like wool, like it's a kind of a thicker. So the away hat fits me nicely. When I have all this hair, it doesn't fit great. The away hat's sweet. I have the home hat too that I need to get a new one up because it's too small. I don't know how it all they're the same size, but it's too small. They shrink. They shrink. You sweat. It's cotton. It shrinks. I, I will tell you, Trent, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I'm a I'm a hat guy. Everyone that knows me knows this. And when you don't I, wear a hat, it looks weird. Well, whatever whatever team that you represent or you or support or wherever you're from, you gotta have a fitted hat. I mean, you see you see a guy walking into a ballpark and he's got the on-field cap of the Detroit Tigers. You know that this guy is going to be on the edge of his seat for every single pitch. I love it. It's like I, I, every time I go to Comerica, it's like you got to have the fitted hat on. I have, you know, I have like the like a, a Tigers, you know, dad hat where it's flimsy and you can bend the brim in and fold it in half. But you got to have that, you know, little bit of little bit of bend to the brim, the flat bill, a little bit of bend to it. You know, have some class, show some respect for those who came before. Uh, in the game but um I, I yeah I it's just it's the best I don't know what it is it's just the best Collins do you have one what you say that Dan sorry fitted- <laughs> <laughs> do you have a fitted Detroit Tigers hat yeah I think it's like a, a right you got to buy a new one every five years yeah for sure okay I, I, all right that was just a little observation I that made. was like the what the problem was when they went to the new hat and I hate the new era thing on the side I like despise like that, that. Why? Who cares? I don't even notice it, really. No, no, I know, but like, I, I just, I, I like the way where it was just cleaner when it was just had nothing. No, I, I know what I mean. I don't know. It's a very the Tigers. The Tigers. Number one, the Tigers switching back to the small English D on the hat was the best ever made in in the franchise history. After making the worst decision of all time and making it bigger, and the fact that they have, I do love the look of the old D where it was like not as like sharp. But the fact yes. that they match now is like is awesome. Like that's I love. That. I do like the jerseys. It's taken me a couple of years to like them, but I like them now. Yeah, I'm on board too. Okay, second question of the trifecta. This is in in, in honor of a, a question that Ryan Collins may or may not remember asking us last night. Um, Collins, you went to B Dubs and you you said, "Is it is it a war crime to get a burger at B Dubs?" And I will say, hand up, I have never really done it. I've always wanted to because. Let's be honest. Like the wings at, at B Dubs are a seven out of ten at best. You go, you all go to B Dubs. It's all you, about the sauce. The sauce is great. You go to B Dubs for the atmosphere. You don't go to B Dubs for the wings. Those wings are not good. They're 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 like flash frozen and all that stuff. You want good wings in East Lansing? You go to Crunchies. So Collins, I want to ask you first, what? Good clap there, Rabs. Is it a crime? Is it a war crime to get a burger at B Dubs? No, I was just asking this because I was like, I don't know if I – I had to get wind. It says it was a wind deal. It was like the BOGO. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're stealing money yeah. on, on Thursdays at B-Dubs. But um, <laughs> what's it called? Like, I was asking my buddy, I'm like, you've ever got a burger? He's like, yeah, a couple times. I'm like, what? Like, I, like I've never gone to B-Dubs. You go to B-Dubs for the TVs, the atmosphere, the beer, the bad service, cheese curds, and then maybe a Bar burger. Pickles. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it, like chili con queso takes seven hours to get out to you, but, like, I guess it's fine because there's 35 TVs. Like, this would be unacceptable behavior at every other restaurant, but they have 9 million TVs, so I don't care. Like, you're always at beat-ups 30 minutes too long than you should be, waiting for the check. You guys ever play Kino? No, no but my roommate does. He loves it. Okay, okay. We won't go – that's a rabbit hole. We won't Nobody had is a war time to get a burger at beat-ups. You have to get the wings, I think. 
Rams, what do you think? The thing with B-dubs is you guys hit the nail on the head. First of all, Trent, to say their wings are a 7 out of 10 at best is frightening to hear you say that. Um, why? why? Are they worse or better than that? They're, they're, they're really bad. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Oh, my yeah. God. Tell me a break, guys. Are you Dude. kidding me? Oh, I, a 7 out of 10 is You're telling me you don't like B-dubs, Rebs? You don't like B-dubs? I'm, uh, let me say my piece. I'm getting to okay. it. I'm getting it down for you. <laughs> The, the best thing going about B-dubs is, like, if you want to just go watch a game and you know what you're getting, like, yeah, you go to B-dubs. They got a million screens. The screens are huge. They got the beer. They usually got some pretty good de- deals on beer. But you ha- you have everyone knows walking in, like, I'm not here for the food. And we've established that in this conversation. You're not here for the food. Buffalo Wild Wings is not the place to get creative. Like, you, Collins, you just you, – you've been so spot on today. You go for the wings. You go for the cheese curds. You go for the fried pickles. You know what you know what Bio, Buffalo Wild Wings does decently well, and you stick to it. It's not a place to get creative. It's not a place to be getting a wrap or a chicken sandwich or an entree. That's a dad thing. Yeah, you get you, you know you get the sampler platter, like the sampler platter at most. That's like the the farther side of the box you get. The wings themselves, the bone-in wings, has I've gotten I've gotten older. I am a traditional wing guy. I think it's like you have to just be a man and do it. Objectively, not good wings. The sauces are great. Incredible sauces. The array of sauces are great. The people that shame the boneless wings, if you're going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, you have to get the boneless yes, wings. Traditional wings are plastic. Okay. I, I, to be <laughs> fair, on, on March Madness, we ordered B-dubs, and it was like one of those things. It's like 20 original and then 20 boneless. I didn't. You you have to get certain sauces with the traditional, like the best sauce basically at B Dubs. I, I, I'm spade a spade is probably honey barbecue. Like you're being the most popular one that's on like everyone's wings. It simply is worse on traditional than it is on boneless. You know what I mean? Yes. So like if you're gonna get like a medium or you get a spicy garlic on a traditional win, I think it can work and it's pretty solid. But like. The barbecue section of like the sauce, like Asian Zing, like it's not great unless it's on boneless wraps. I, I will never order traditional ones at B Dubs. Never. Correct. So it is what it is. But again, like you want to talk good wings, crunchies in East Lansing. I'm not telling you to go there. I would never tell you to do something that you didn't want to do. I'm not Fantastic. But just, I mean, next level. So there's my answer about B Dubs. It serves its purpose, B Dubs. Hey, like, no one smacks no one smacks traditional wings at Crunchy's better than Ryan Collins, right. by the way. That's just that's just a little, a little sign. That, okay. Uh, <laughs> I can eat. I can eat. That's a that's something I can do. Give Collins eight wings in a bucket at Crunchy's and he's a happy guy. Yeah, seriously. Dude, I got what what did I get? I got like 10 wings. It was like the most maybe stressful eating experience I've had in my like life because I was like, I need to finish these wings. It was one of those things where I had two more wins left, and I'm like, I am very full. Yeah. I like have to get get through it. Biggest ten wins I've ever had. Great performance. Well, yeah, that's when you rely on us to like hype you up because we, you know you're you're a legend in that in that realm. But yes, anyways, yes. final question. This is a little bit of a lazy one, but I have to ask: Who do you have winning in the in the final four to 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 play in the national championship? Because actually, the next time we talk, okay, okay, actually, the next time we talk, the game will already have happened. The national championship. So who's winning at all? I guess is what I should ask. I actually think Baylor's gonna win. Okay, why? I just I there's something about them. 
and they're guards. And I mean, Trent, we talk about this all the time on Green and White Report when we talk college basketball, like in depth. I you need to have good guard play to win. And I'm not saying Gonzaga they have fantastic guard play. I for some reason I just think when it like I think Baylor like with Mitchell and Butler they can actually like defend Gonzaga unlike anyone else can, and and, and I think it's on like when that game gets tight I think Baylor is more equipped to doing that. But at the same time I I have a hard time believing Baylor's gonna win a national title in basketball. So we'll see. All right, Rab. So what do you got? Well, my original championship game, I had Illinois, and it shame on me for thinking any team from the Big Ten could actually compete this year. Oh, stop. Don't do that. That is the most annoying hindsight thing ever. The Big Ten was great all year. I know. But I will say now um, I think Gonzaga is going to roll UCLA, who shouldn't even be in this game because they – well, I guess Michigan, honest to God, one of the all-time greatest choke jobs – and like just horrible loss. Everything's a horrible them, loss. Everything from them not scoring 50 points to losing the game to missing their last eight shots to Franz Wagner shooting a Ryan Rabinowitz eighth grade prayer from half court that lands <laughs> short to just everything that happened at the end of that game. Incredible choke job. So UCLA, it's been fun to watch it, I guess. That Johnny Juzang kid is unbelievable. You'd think that Juwan Howard might have maybe hey, – hey, guys, uh, this is the only guy on this team that scored a point today. We should probably put a hand in his face, but that was probably too hard to do. So I'm going to say Gonzaga will be there with Baylor. Um, there's something about Houston to me that's just like – I know they play tremendous defense, but I've just been waiting for them to, like, lose – yeah, I feel like they've they're been not. That. That's the thing. That, that's my piece with Houston, and that's who I'm rooting for. I may or may not have a little action on Houston. Mm. I just – yeah, I did it a while ago, actually. I did it in the round of 32. I put a couple bucks on them, future bet. But nice. that, they, they just – that's a team, and it sounds so cliche, but it just kind of feels like they're a year. You could make the same case with, with uh, UCLA just because of the way they've won and their upsets and everything. But it's like, dude, Houston – it's like it's about time a team like Houston wins, right? Like – just defense, run-in, transition, like kind of a scramble on offense. Like Florida State was the same way, and they looked horrible against Michigan. But anyways, I'll be rooting for Houston. But, dude, Gonzaga just looks so damn good. I don't know how anyone's going to be Gonzaga. But. Well, I think I think the game will be – I think it will be Gonzaga-Baylor. The thing about Gonzaga is they play such great team basketball. They literally just run five guys the whole game. I don't know how they do it. And I think they're a lot more talented individually – than than Baylor is but Baylor just plays such like an aggressive game and they just fly up and down the court and you blink and they can score 10 points and they got guys jumping over the rim and it's insane I think that Gonzaga realistically probably hasn't had all that tough of a schedule to get here and I think when they see Baylor in the national championship game Baylor can just absolutely sneak up and bite him in the ass I know it's not a sexy final four because you don't have your Dukes or your Kentuckys or your Michigan States or like you're like these names don't mean much, but as someone who's watched a decent amount of college basketball this year and has watched pretty much every game of the tournament, this Gonzaga Baylor final, if it gets there, I think is going to be a fantastic game. Two teams that have the ability to just roll over and bury teams two teams that can fly that have great basketball players. I just think it's going to be a great matchup. I, I, I Collins, I agree. I think Baylor 
can get it done. I just said Baylor's tough. And you yes, need to have like aggressive, they're scary. Yeah. Mitchell, I think Mitchell's gonna be a good NBA player. Yeah. Like a like a good NBA player. I, I don't know how Fidel to 11. Well, Fidel's gonna be the Nets defensive end for the Detroit Lions. So I mean, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Guy. Hey, you know, I, I don't know. I just I, I like Baylor. If you remember those two teams, Gonzaga and Baylor, they were supposed to play early on. I know. Devastating. COVID, COVID robbed yeah. us of it, but it happened like it was like two hours before tip, too. I was devastated about that. That yeah. stunk. Well, anyways, that concludes the trifecta. Thanks for coming. All right. Thanks for having us, Trent. Well, um, I don't know if there's anything else left to do today. Tigers are back at it at Comerica Park tomorrow, as you'll be hearing this. If you're hearing this on a Friday, April 2nd, um, Tigers are back tomorrow. But that is all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. New episodes every single week. We will see you next time.